fancy coffee houses, suspended coffee, and coffee made with a root. This week, it's all about coffee. Traveling the world to bring you delicious dishes, tasty beverages, and interesting experiences. This is the Destination Eat Drink Podcast on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. I'm Brent Peterson. Welcome to Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. Each week, we explore what our planet has to offer in food and drinks. And this week, we've got a full episode of Joe from Italy to Seattle, from Vienna to New Orleans. We're getting all jacked up on caffeine. You know, I only recently, within the last few years, started drinking coffee regularly. Years ago, after my freshman year in college, I worked for my father, and he had a company in South Bend, Indiana. Thing was, we lived in the suburbs of Chicago, two and a half hours away. So we'd stay in a crummy hotel during the week and drive home on the weekends. And my father worked crazy hours, so he'd get me up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and we'd work until 7 or 8 at night. So I started drinking coffee just to try to keep up, but that rotten hotel coffee upset my stomach, so after that summer, I never drank coffee again. That is, until years later, when I first visited Italy. I wanted to be part of the local scene, the local community, so... I started getting an espresso in the morning. At first, I had to dump a bunch of sugar into it, but eventually I acquired a taste for espresso. And a couple of years ago, my girlfriend got me one of those Nespresso machines for Christmas. And now I can't imagine a day without a double espresso with that thin layer of crema on top. And when I talk to people for the podcast, I often ask them about the different ways coffee is prepared and how people get together to enjoy a cup. Here's a few of those conversations. Destination Eat Drink. Melinda Borzak-Schramm from Vienna Food Tours talked with me about the famous coffee culture in Vienna and the best places you can enjoy coffee and do some people watching. I think we're actually a certified uh, UNESCO. <laughs> uh, our coffee houses are certified by UNESCO as something to preserve in the world in terms of culture, um, which is interesting. I think um, the coffee house culture, when you read about it, then um, then people think of beautiful um, rooms and very ornate decorations and, you know, kind of more of a stuffy atmosphere where back in a day, very, very smart people like Sigmund Freud and, um, you know, politicians think came together and discussed yes, yes. daily life. But we, the locals, for us, coffee house culture, that means just sitting at a coffee house, um, enjoying your time, also even being alone, getting to read the paper, um, just having the time to read the paper, not being bothered. And the great thing about most of our coffee houses is that you go in, order a cup of coffee, and they won't uh, bug you every 10 minutes if you want something else. They will just let you sit there quietly in peace. Um, either, you know, nowadays people work on their laptops or they read a book or they read the newspaper. So it's okay so, to camp out in, in the cafe. What, yes. What, what are, what's, a local, what's a local spot where we could go and do some of this people watching? So one of our favorites is called Cafe Englander. Englander, interestingly enough, means Englishman. <laughs> but it's 
it's the last name of the person who founded it a long time ago. And it's a true locals place. So when you walk in, it won't look amazingly beautiful. It's nothing special, but you'll see just at any given time during the day, you walk in and this is one of those places that's also open from 8 a.m. to like 3 a.m. And they have hot food all throughout the day. So anytime you walk in, you'll just see people getting into heated discussions about politics and religion and everyday life or um, reading the news by themselves. You'll have the, you know, sort of the Austrian ladies who lunch, who bring their dogs in their bags. <laughs> <laughs> so it's amazing people watching and it's just a big, like a huge variety of people who go, but everyone, everyone's just happy to be there. If we go to Cafe Engländer, um, what kind of coffee should we order? What's a traditional Viennese type of coffee? Right. Well, there are over 60, 60 different um, Austrian or Viennese even coffee specialties. Oh, man, I'm going to be wired after this. Yeah, I obviously know all of them by heart, but I won't <laughs> bore you now. Um, but the most um, the most common one is the Vina Melange, which is actually something that is only really, really well known in Vienna. So if you go to Salzburg, for example, they might not even, you know, know exactly what a Vina Melange is. A Melange is, interestingly enough, it's a French word for mix. So it's um, 50% hot coffee and 50% hot milk. It's a bit stronger than a cappuccino and less foamy. That would be the most typical order. But um, an Americano is also something that is very, very common here. We call it Verlängerte which means extended because you use more water for the same amount of coffee. Yeah, watered down. And in the su- Exactly. And in the summer, there's something that's called Wiener Ice Coffee, so the Viennese iced coffee, which is always hilarious because um, a lot of people order it in the summer thinking it'll be, you know, like a Starbucks iced latte. Right. <laughs> but, but in Vienna, this is a full dessert. So <laughs> Wiener Ice Coffee is, um, is coffee with, ice cream in it, vanilla ice cream, and then whipped cream on top, and then a cherry on top, and then chocolate sauce, and then they'll just, oh a lot of people order basically a dessert for their dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds decadent. What about this thing called the Einspannern? Yes. Uh, Einspannern, you know, we also have uh, lots of things. First of all, we love cream. Um, so there's a lot of cream in, uh, in, in, in many of our coffee specialties. And, um, that's actually, that's just an espresso with lots of cream on top and, and a little bit of adjusting of sugar as well. Sounds like my type of coffee. Exactly. Exactly. As I said, it's called Einspender because, um, back in the day, um, we even have them now, but we, back in the day, we used to have a lot more horse drawn carriages. And Einspinner means um, that the the person who's on the carriage, he can hold the reins in one hand, and with the other hand, he can drink the coffee. <laughs> 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 and because there was the hot um, cream on top, that um, ensured that the coffee would stay hot for a long time. So you mentioned, Melinda, one of these neighborhood places that we could go to. What would be like the most opulent cafe that we could go to? It might be touristy, right. but a place where we have to go just to see what it looks like in Vienna. Right. If you really want to, you know, surround yourself or dive into like 19th century, a turn of the century Vienna, then that would be Cafe Central um, in the first district as well, which 
you know, regularly has a line outside even for um, people waiting for a table. So that's one of the reasons why we say if you want to go, you know, go go really early in the morning. Otherwise, it might feel a little bit rushed. But once you go inside, you'll know why. It's just a really, really incredibly beautiful interior. And you'll just get the full uh, Vienna, you know, the classic Vienna experience. Coffee came to Portugal from its colonies hundreds of years ago. Today, the Portuguese love using coffee as a social lubricant, as Taste Porto's Andre Apolinario told me. Yeah, coffee runs deep in our in our traditions. So we, it's coming from our colonial heritage, from um, Brazil, from São Tomé, East Timor, uh, Angola. Um, for us, I would even dare to say it's, more than just a beverage it's it's a social enabler it's a way of getting with your friends just i sometimes just call a friend of mine and if, if, I, if I feel like i want to be with them i just say hey you know what want to grab a cup of coffee and they'll know that i just want to hang out or talk about something and it won't be a talk about coffee definitely <laughs> um, office day means that before stepping into your office you'll go to the nearby bakery or cafe for a cup of coffee and a pastry Halfway through the morning and afternoon, you'll reload your caffeine um, in a break with all of your coworkers. Actually, if you don't go uh, with your coworkers for a cup of coffee halfway through the morning and afternoon, you will be cast out. Believe me. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> and look, we love coffee. Uh, I'll say that the vast majority of uh, what we have is um, we drink it. The Italian way, so espressos. But places like Majestic, uh, Guarani are tremendous places for you to experience that. Over the past few years, there have been a few specialty coffee rooms popping in the city with brewed coffee, infused coffee, cold brew, uh, with baristas uh, taking it to a completely new level. Places like Combi, uh, Calma, and Birth of Passage. They have a tremendous selection of coffee beans from all around the world. My all-time favorite thing in Italy is the suspended coffee of Naples. Foodie tour guide Fiorella Squilante of Naples Fabulous explains this delightful custom. Before I came to Naples, I never knew about this. And then I learned about suspended coffee. And I thought, this is just such a lovely idea for folks in it's Naples lovely. who just who must yeah. have coffee <laughs> that they share see, it, see, but but tell I tell the, tell the story. I mean, it's considered like a, it, it's considered like a glass of water. You cannot live without water. I mean, you cannot survive without water. It's coffee to us is the same. So uh, I remember when I was young that my father uh, was always doing this. It was paying a coffee. Uh, was getting a coffee at the bar and paying an extra coffee for the ones who need. And I was always wondering why you pay a coffee. Coffee is not a necessity. And mm. he was telling me, no, no, it is. Yes, it is. Because <laughs> my father, yeah, then he moved to Rome. I shouldn't say this because, I, I mean, my family is in Rome. I have lots of friends in Rome. But my father gave up. A drinking coffee at the cafe at oh, the no. uh, at the bar because he says, "Oh, they serve you here dirty water," oh. which is not true. But we think that Naples coffee is different. So the suspended coffee, cafe suspeso, started in Naples maybe after World War Two, 
And so you drink a coffee at your favorite bar and you pay a second cafe for someone who may not be able to afford it. So the bar holds this cup, let's say this virtual cup of coffee until someone comes and requests it. So it's a one euro now, 80 cents, a one euro donation to somebody who needs so the question, my question when I was young was why a coffee and not a loaf of bread or a panini, no? Right, right, right. <laughs> because cafe in Napoli is considered as important as a basic need. It's considered like primary food. Uh, in Naples, coffee is a connector. Wherever you go, in any situation, you share a coffee in tragedy. Uh, something tragic happens, you say, oh, let's make a coffee. Uh, if you stress, you make a coffee. In everyday life, uh, happiness, uh, you celebrate with coffee. So there will be always a coffee. And also, you know that you can, uh, um, you can have a coffee delivered anywhere. Even just one coffee is delivered to your office or your <laughs> shop or your apartment. I have a friend, Shili, Alicia, the friend that I write the blog with, the Naples Publish. She lives on the fifth floor, no <laughs> elevator. I'm not joking. This is the poor delivery food. guy. And she calls the bar. They know her very well. They are almost friends and blah, blah, blah. She knows them and she ordered one coffee and the guy comes all the way up with one coffee for her. Obviously, she lives there. You know, when we get a coffee at the counter, because again, we never sit down for a coffee. It's very, very rare. Uh, we always leave a little tip. Can be 10 cents, 20 cents. Uh, till last year was 5 cents. So, but it's something, and consider a coffee bar makes 100 coffee a day. And so, 10 cents each means that the uh, coffee maker, no, he has a little tip at the end of the day, even if you don't sit, uh, sit down. So, you cannot start the day without coffee because coffee makes you happy. And uh, we socialize through coffee. In, and in a Neapolitan bar, you always always chat with the coffee maker so it's like to it's like sharing kindness uh, friendship and also uh, much more sometimes you walk in the street there's a street vendor and it tries to sell you i don't know a pair of socks it doesn't tell you oh uh, uh, it's uh, one euro, no? For example, no, maybe a pair of socks is not one euro is more, but whatever they sell you, no? Street vendors, they they say, can you pay me a coffee? That means, uh, can you leave me one euro? Mm. It's not, they don't ask you for the, also beggars, when they ask for money, sometimes they say, can you pay me a coffee? So this tells you why the suspended coffee is so important. My pal John Manley lived and worked in Seattle for radio station 1077 The End. Today, he's in Chicago and on the air at Q101 in Chicago. But when we had this conversation, he was living in Seattle, ground zero for the artisanal coffee explosion of the last few decades. Of course, Starbucks started in Seattle, but people from Seattle, what, what are people from Seattle called? Seattleites? What, what are you? Seattleites. Correct. Seattleites. Okay. Um. Seattleites, you know, they love their coffee and it's not about Starbucks. There's so many other great places. Let's talk about coffee for a minute in Seattle. All right. Uh, boy, this is a tricky one. <laughs> this is a, <laughs> You're going to step um, in it here? 
yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of try to uh, delicately dance around this the best uh, as best as I can because, quite frankly, I'm a. I'm not. I'm not a coffee snob, um, and and I am still not against uh, going to the closest place in my vicinity, which ninety percent of the time in Seattle is still a Starbucks. Um, but you know, Starbucks gets a bum rap, and a lot of people, you know, poo-poo it, especially up in Seattle. But you know, they take really good care of their employees. They provide them with insurance and things like that. So yeah, that's true. I, uh, I don't hold any ill grudges to them. Is their coffee great? Yeah, that's that's up for you to decide. But when you just need a shot of espresso, it's I mean, you could do worse, I guess. But you could also do a lot better here too. So you know, as far as the coffee scene goes, it's like, um, I mean, there is a coffee stop on every corner and that is amazing and if you find the thing i found about seattle is you find the ones that you like and you just stick with them so for me um i have a place in my neighborhood called analog coffee and i don't know if it's the best coffee in seattle i don't even know if it's considered top 10 it's, but for me it's got to uh, be the know, best my, name in seattle though analog coffee that's brilliant I, there's so many like there's ghost note co- and, and everything <laughs> alludes to music, which is cool. Right. Um, so anything that's kind of the trick to it, you know, like, but that said, like, if you go to the Starbucks roast, the reserve, the roastery, that's cool, too. You know, so there's it's it's really preference. I I, I think the scene on the outs from the outside looks snottier than it is on the inside, so to speak. You know, you have your people that will never go to, you know, will never do Starbucks. But I think that's come on. It's it's not that bad. Um, I, I, I And by the way, going into this, I did not expect to be defending Starbucks as hard as I am right now. So I apologize. But yeah, I would say analog coffee and then espresso vivace. You can find those. There's a couple of places to get those. Um, they do a great espresso for sure so those are kind of my three spots like again i'm not that starbucks is my spot but um analog is in my neighborhood and that's how it usually works most people's favorite coffee shop is the coffee shop in their neighborhood so for me it's analog uh or espresso vivace but i live on capitol hill so like if you lived in ballard you would have completely different answers and never even heard of the places i'm talking about so and in Seattle, there's so many coffee places, you know, like I'm in, I'm in Hawaii right now. I'm in Honolulu. Yeah, nice. there's, there's coffee places, but <laughs> it's not like in some other towns where it's on every single corner. Luckily, there's a place right around the corner from me, but for the most part, you know, it's hit or miss whether you can even find a coffee spot within three blocks, you know? So in Seattle, I think you're really spoiled with this wealth of coffee places to be able to visit. Uh, yes, 100%. And as someone who um, is like a novice when it comes to coffee, I'm. it's not lost on me and I'm aware that I'm spoiled and I'm sure I will be much more upset about and snobbish about my coffee if I ever leave Seattle. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm so spoiled with it now where it's just run down the street, grab the best cup of coffee you've probably ever had, and then you're just on with your day uh, where other people might have to (laughs) work a little harder, you know? New Orleans may not be the first place you think of as a high-end coffee town, but they have a unique spin on coffee in the Crescent City, as I explained in my New Orleans episode. Nothing goes better with a beignet than a cafe au lait. And a cafe au lait is made with coffee, yes, but also with ground chicory root. And chicory is a green, like spinach or lettuce. You dig up the root, you dry it, and you can brew it much like you do coffee. 
Um, a lot of people find it more bitter than coffee, and it's not very good by itself. But what happened in France was during hard times when they couldn't get coffee beans, they would use chicory root as a substitute. So when times were tough, when coffee beans were scarce, they used chicory. And New Orleans, being a French colony, starts doing the same. Cafe Olay's available in New Orleans. And for the same reason, the colonists in the United States began to drink chicory coffee as well. During times of scarcity, during times of war, they would add chicory to their coffee. And when times became good, the chicory went away in most of the colonies and they went back to drinking regular coffee everywhere except New Orleans, where they still add chicory to their coffee to make a cafe au lait. So look for that in New Orleans because it's a great way to enjoy your beignet. We'll finish off our coffee talk with a special preview of an upcoming episode. I spoke with Ur Ildiz of Culinary Backstreets about the cuisine of Istanbul, Turkey. That full episode will air in a couple of weeks, but I wanted to share a bit of our conversation as Ur told me about Turkish coffee. The preparation is done in very small pots on the gas stove, and you put the exact measurement of the water with two good heaps of the coffee grounds. But, uh, of course, you cannot use just any coffee grounds. It has to be Turkish coffee grounds, meaning that it's ground very finely to a powdery, dusty grade, uh, finer than espresso or filter. And you add how much ever sugar you want beforehand. Once it's served, you cannot uh, change the sweetness of it. You cannot stir it or mess with it anymore. Ah. Oh, good point. Yeah. Exactly. So when you're ordering, you always specify uh, how sweet you like it, all the way from no sugar to little sweet to very sweet. And they prepare uh, accordingly uh, with different sweetness in different batches. Then uh, putting all the ingredients into the small pot, you stir it a little bit, then you let it set on the very low heat and you let it simmer forming the froth. Once it starts forming a good layer of the froth, you pour that into the cup, not filling up uh, the cup completely though. Then you put the remainder on the stove again and bring it to full boil. Then you fill the rest of the cup with that uh, other coffee. Because uh, you want to keep save that froth beforehand uh, to make sure once it's served, the customer knows that it's made from freshly ground coffee, which always forms a thicker layer of froth and that they took the time to simmer it slowly rather than bring it to a very quick boil. So that's a, a sign of a good, a decent cup of coffee is the layer of froth on top. Uh, so that's how you uh, make it in two-step process. And my favorite place in town is a place called Manda Batmas in Bayolu, which makes the thickest, thickest Turkish coffee you can get, which is like sludge uh, all the way through when you're drinking <laughs> it, <laughs> which when it comes to Turkish coffee is a compliment, actually. The thicker, the better. Uh, so I highly recommend the visitors going there and giving it a try. Okay, there you go. I love Turkish coffee, but I never knew how they got that foam on the top. So now we all know. There's links to the full episodes of Destination Eat Drink that I featured today at radiomisfits.com. And speaking of coffee, I just posted a piece on my website about the special espresso drink, Affogato. Get that at destinationeatdrink.com slash blog. You know, thinking about that story I was telling earlier about when I started drinking coffee working for my father one summer, it reminded me, you know, 
back in college, we had to stay up late to study for exams and whatnot. And since I didn't drink coffee, it reminded me that what I did do in order to stay up was took those no-dose pills. Do you remember those? I'm sure they can't be selling those anymore. And drink something called Jolt Cola. I mean, if you want to really get a buzz on, that's the way to do it with no-dose and Jolt Cola at the same time. They can't be selling that stuff anymore, I would imagine. That's the Nation Eat Drink is distributed by the Radio Misfits Podcast Network and Digital Barista Ed Silla. Thanks, Ed. I'm Brent Peterson. Get vaxxed, wear your mask, and I'll see you down the road. Join us next week for another culinary adventure on Destination Eat Drink, a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. 